0: Good morning. Uh, glad to be able to speak to you all today. Today we'll be in Psalm 121. So you can turn there right now. So let me start off with a question. So, do you ever get anxious? I know most of you are on summer vacation, and all you're thinking about right now is what to do next. Uh, for the times when you don't have baseball camp or music camp, or when your family is not planning to go anywhere, what to do, what to do. Uh, maybe once you get back to school in a month, thanks for the reminder, Ellen, um, you'll have to start worrying about waking up early and going to class and doing homework. Oh, fun. Uh, sorry to break the bad news. Unfortunately, um, adult life isn't any easier, so you're going to have to deal with this your whole life. Um, you're always going to have some kind of anxieties, Um, but Psalm 121, um, the passage we're going to be into today, it's a Psalm that helps us to deal with our anxiety. Uh, not only the day-to-day regular anxieties that we have that I was mentioning before, but also, uh, the more difficult things that happen in our lives sometimes, uh, that we choose to become anxious about. I argue, uh, that Psalm 121, it provides a cure our anxieties in God. So let me pray for us real quick. Uh, dear Father, uh, just thank you for this opportunity uh, to be able to be in your word. I pray that you would teach us wonderful things in your law, um, that we might behold you, that we might know you more, that we might worship you, Lord, and that you would also help us to um, grow as well um, as believers in Christ. Please help us today be with us, bless our time this morning with your church. We pray in Christ's name, Amen. So, if you all are ready at Psalm one twenty one, let me read it for us. A song of ascent. I lift up my eyes to the hills; from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel before I give you the big idea and outline for today, uh, let me tell you about the setting. Um, we actually see the setting in the title here. Um, I mean, we all have different Bibles with like different titles above the psalm, but like there's a title like actually in the psalm, and the title is a song of ascents. That gives us the the setting um, for this psalm. So it's a song of ascents. Um, it's a song that Jews sung when they were traveling to Jerusalem to worship God. You might be thinking to yourself, you know, my family drives here 20 minutes from Santa Cruz every Sunday to worship God. You know, maybe even you come here like an hour away or even two hours away. But think about this. These Jews walked to Jerusalem. um, And probably for most of them, it wasn't a short walk. It might have been days or, like, even a week walking. Like, almost nonstop. I mean, it'd be really hard to imagine, honestly, because we don't really, most of us at least, probably don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, we don't... Yeah, we're not... We have good transportation, so we don't really have to do that. And also, besides taking, like, a few days to a week to travel there, they might have done it, like, three times a year for the different festivals they had to worship God. Um... So this was not by any means easy. These Jews, um, they were committed to worship God at His appointed times, and they went on these long and dangerous journeys to worship Him. A word we can use to describe these kind of people is pilgrim. That term applies to us as well who believe in Christ. uh, Because once we become God's children in Christ, this world is not our home. We are foreigners. We are strangers. Uh, we are pilgrims walking through this life for God. That's what we are when we believe in Christ. We're no longer the same. You know, we once were part of this world, but when you become a Christian, when you trust in Christ, you're, you're a pilgrim now. You're a foreigner, you know, um, and you have to go through the rest of this life, you know, Being a foreigner, but you're living your life for God now. You're following Him. Like we were talking about at camp. So let me give you the big idea and the outline just to kind of give you like an idea of how this is going to go. So, first off, big idea. Um, It's a long one, so like, you know, pay close attention. Um, I didn't mean to make it complicated, but I wanted to make it very clear. So I'm going to say it twice. So, my big idea for today is from this psalm if you have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you can walk through life without fear or anxiety because God is your helper and protector. So let me turn it around. Um, You can walk through life without fear or anxiety because God is your helper and protector, but that only applies for you if you have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So, I want to make sure to include that qualifier. It doesn't apply to everyone here. It only applies to you if you believe in Christ. So, that's my point. So, my outline for today is uh, from this Psalm, from Psalm 121, I want to give you two reassuring truths about God for the Christian pilgrim. So, two reassuring truths, two truths, not opinions, not lies, uh, that are reassuring, that give you confidence. Two reassuring truths about God for the Christian pilgrim. And the two points for today, the two reassuring truths are that God is your helper in verses one and two, and God is your protector in verses three to eight. Um, So if you're worried that I'm going to say a lot and you're going to have a lot to write, don't worry. I'm just preaching from the text. So you can just look back at the text. Um, But yeah, here we go. So, um, The first reassuring truth I have for us today in this psalm is that God is your helper in verses 1 and 2. Let me read that again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So we already mentioned the setting, that this is a song of ascents. The Jews were singing this song. They were singing Uh, many different songs. We can see it in Psalms 120 to 134. Those are all songs that the Jews were singing when they were walking to Jerusalem three times a year for their festivals to worship God. But imagine, imagine uh, the pilgrimage that the Jews were taking. The psalmist here starts the psalm off in verse one by describing the pilgrim looking up to the hills as he was traveling. Uh, The hills. Or mountains, also it could be. Um, they were a place of safety and refuge for weary travelers. If you were walking so far, uh, you would want somewhere to rest. You know, they were uh, pilgrims, travelers. They would want to look for the hills. That's where would, they would go for a place where they could maybe find rest. The pilgrim wants to be there. It makes him think. From where does my help come? Verse two. Uh, is where we see the answer to this question, from where does my help come? The fact that verse one is repeated in verse two, it shows a connection. Where does the pilgrim's help come from? It comes from the Lord. He says, my help comes from the Lord. Who is the Lord? You probably know that in our English translations of the Bible, the Lord speaks about Yahweh the name that God revealed to his people, Israel, in the Old Testament. This speaks about his special relationship with his people. That in itself is very significant. And we see that name over and over again in this psalm if you look through it. Uh, But not only should the pilgrim trust in God because this is Yahweh, the God of Israel, he is also the one who made heaven and earth. Uh, from the very beginning of the Bible. Uh, Yeah, the first verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this God in Psalm 121 is the same God from the very beginning of the Bible, from the very first verse. Um, The God that this psalmist is uh, saying that the pilgrims should trust in is that very same God. The one who created the heavens and the earth by his word he was powerful enough to create the world. Um, The psalmist reasons, if he's powerful enough to create the world, he must also be powerful enough to sustain the world as well. You know, think about this world. Uh, There's so much water. You know how much percent of this world is made of water? A lot. But specifically, 71%, which is a lot. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we don't live in the water. So like, you know, if that water, like, you know, took over the land, then, you know, we wouldn't live. We wouldn't be alive. And there are also so many uh, other different things that could potentially be dangerous to us. Uh, just to name a few, uh, earthquakes, fires, floods, tsunamis, volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, predatory animals, just to name a few. I mean, I could have come up with more. I just came up with, you know, that random list. Um, so if that's the case, if there's so many dangerous things on this world... Uh, how come this world still exists? Well, the answer to that question is because God, who created the world, he sustains it. He, he sustains the world, and he also sustains individuals as well. And he, you know, he sustained his people, Israel, as well. So my question for you is, you know, knowing that, can you trust in this God I have a second reassuring truth for you in this psalm. We see this in verses three to eight. That is, that God, He is your protector. So in verses one to two, we learn that God is your helper. In verses three to eight, we are taught that God is our protector as well. Uh, The word here is actually, um, you know, it can be translated different ways, it can be protect. Keep, it can be guard, it can be you know preserve, it can be any of those. They mean pretty much the same thing. There I guess there could be different nuances. There are some different nuances, but overall it's pretty much means that God is gonna watch you and He's gonna protect you. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Let me read verses three and four again for us, just to kind of remind us. So verses three and four says, He will not let your foot be moved, he who keeps you will not slumber behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, As the psalmist continues to write for the pilgrim walking to Jerusalem, he knows that the pilgrim will be concerned for his own safety. I mean, there could be many dangerous things along the way on this long and dangerous journey. The psalmist and ultimately God, the one who ultimately was the author of this psalm, just as God is the ultimate author of the whole Bible. Um, The psalmist and God, they want to reassure the pilgrim that he will be secure in his travel as he's walking to Jerusalem. Verse 3 starts off with a description that God, specifically Yahweh, because he was mentioned in verse 2, he will not let the pilgrim's foot be moved. So what does that mean? Um, Although the psalmist could be talking literally, like, you know, the pilgrim could be walking, he's walking so much, he could stumble, you know, he could trip. Um, that could be what it means, but it could also mean, you know, just be a little little more open-minded about what it says. It could be, you know, it could possibly not be literal. It could be, like, figurative, like, you know, God, um, he will not let your foot be moved. It means that God will protect the pilgrim from any kind of harm, and If you don't believe me, it's talked about in the rest of the psalm as well. Uh, But it's one way for the psalmist to say, you know, God's going to protect you. Um, Then the psalmist goes on to talk more about God. He says that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Unlike us, God does not need to sleep. Yes, I suppose there is such thing as God taking a break. He took a break after he created the world in six days. Um. But I would argue that God does not need to sleep. We do. We need to sleep. Actually, uh, you know, some of you might be sleeping right now. I won't say anything, uh, but uh, some of you might be sleeping right now. Uh, Honestly, I do too sometimes. So I can't say I'm not, I'm never at fault. But what's the point? Like, why does the psalmist bring up the fact that God doesn't sleep? Like, why is he even saying that, you know? What kind of comfort can that bring? Well, there's another scripture that talks about this kind of thing or uh, that uses this kind of language. You don't have to turn there, but Isaiah 56.10. The religious leaders of Israel, they're described as those who love to slumber. Um, It doesn't just mean that they like to sleep, literally. Uh, It means that they're careless and neglectful of their duties. You know, the responsibilities they have, they have shown that they don't really care about them and they don't really care about the people that they're responsible for. That's what it means, pretty much. Uh, So God is the opposite of that. When When the psalmist is saying here that God neither slumbers nor sleep, it means God is the opposite of careless and neglectful. He very much cares for his responsibilities and his responsibility here in particular in verses three to eight is that he's our protector. He protects his people. And he very much cares about that responsibility. And he very much cares about us. So he's gonna be faithful to do that. And for us and for the pilgrim, this is good news. Because honestly, like, you know, um, I would say, for myself at least, you know, I know I like to be very independent and kind of like, you know, be strong and not depend on anyone. Um, but you know, we're all human. We're all limited. We're all like frail and fragile. We need rest. Like I was saying, we all need to slumber and sleep even. Um, but God, he doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't slumber nor sleep. Uh, he can always keep watch. He always keeps watch over us and protects us. And he does that for the pilgrim here as well. And God gives rest to his weary ones because as we're resting, we can trust that he'll protect us as well. Um, at the end of verse three, God is described as he who keeps you. Okay, I already said this again and again, but um, at the beginning of verse four, he is described as he who keeps Israel. Um, Remember, this is Yahweh we're talking about. Um, Here, he is the God of Israel. So again, this word keep, I already said it before, but it means to keep, to watch over, it can also mean to take care of, to preserve, to protect, to guard. They all mean pretty much the same thing. There's a little bit of variation, but um, pretty, means to say, pretty much means the same thing. But I titled this section, you know, God is your protector, just to keep it simple, just so you can, like, understand it, hopefully, remember it. Um, but it speaks about God's care and protection of his people. Uh, this was surely reassuring for the pilgrim who is, you know, making this journey. Uh, it was very reassuring for him to hear and also to sing this psalm as he was traveling to Jerusalem. If you're one of God's people, I have some encouragement for you today. If you're one of God's people, you're safe. Um, but for those of you who don't know God, because you haven't trusted in his son, I would have to say you're not safe according to scripture. Uh, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter you know whether you're here or you're on the other side of the world. It doesn't matter. Um, you're safe if you're in Christ, if you're in God, but if you're not, then you're not safe. And we'll talk about this more later as well. Um, Yeah, you need to trust in Christ, God's son for salvation, to have this kind of protection from God. That's pretty much the main point of this message. Um, But if you do trust in Christ and you do have a relationship with God, um, the promise is that he will watch over you and protect you wherever you are. Uh, So let's move on verses five and six let me read it again for us. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Uh, In verses five and six, the psalmist continues to describe God's protection of the pilgrim. All of verses three to eight, a reminder, all of verses three to eight talk about how God protects us, how God is our protector for those who trust in him. Um, This time, The psalmist uses imagery related to God's creation, specifically the sun and the moon. Um, In verse 5, the psalmist repeats that Yahweh, this God, the God of Israel, he is the pilgrim's keeper. Um, He will protect his people, both individual people and also his people as a whole. All of Israel, he promised to protect here in the psalm. But then the psalmist even, uh, yeah, he goes on to uh, talk more about this new imagery about the sun and the moon. He says that the sun and the moon will not strike the pilgrim. Means that, well, I mean, it means what it says. The sun and the moon will not hurt the pilgrim. You know, even as he's traveling, even when the sun's rays hit him and the moon, I guess, it shines its light on him, he'll be all right because God is protecting him. And Interesting thing, you might not think of this as you're reading the text, but the sun and the moon, you know, it covers the whole day. So it might not sound direct to you, but it's saying it doesn't matter what time of day it is, God will protect his people. He'll protect you. You know, in the psalm, he's protecting the pilgrim anytime, all the time. And it also says that... uh, The Lord is your shade on your right hand. So, I mean, clearly, um, you know, shade is related to the sun. So that's how he will protect his people. He'll be a shade to them. Not only is he going to protect them from the sun, but the psalmist even says he'll be a shade. So I think that kind of like vocabulary that he uses, I don't know, that's kind of comforting. Um, Because, you know idea of shade. Shade is nice. Like when it's really hot, it's nice to have shade if you're outside a lot. Um, But either way, you know, these verses here are meant to give us comfort and encouragement that we can trust in God. He'll protect us um, from the sun, from the moon, metaphorically. I mean, for the pilgrim, it's more literal. For us, it's like more, uh, you know, figurative, more metaphorical, I guess. But regardless, the truth is that God... We'll protect his people all day, every day, always. Finally, verses 7 and 8 tell us a little more about God as our protector. Let me read that for you again. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So here, uh, in verses 7 to 8, we get a final description of God as the protector of the pilgrim, and as the protector of anyone who trusts in him. Um, The psalmist here says more explicitly, you know, he was already saying that God will protect us, God will protect us, he'll keep us. Um, But he says more explicitly here that Yahweh will keep the pilgrim from evil. And that includes any and all kinds of trouble. And you know, uh, I guess the longer you live, you realize um, all the evil that's out there and also all the evil in your own heart as well. Um, That's something you learn over time. Um, But the promise here is that God will protect us from all kinds of evil, all kinds of trouble. And even sums it up. He says, uh, he will keep your life. So if you think uh, he will keep you from evil, does it include everything? Just in case you're doubting still, The psalmist says, he will keep your life. So that's everything. You can't, there's nothing excluded from that. You know, whether you're going to live or you're going to die or whatever, it's all up to God ultimately. Um, It's by his grace alone that you're alive. And if you know Christ and you've been made into a new creation by his Holy Spirit, it's by his grace that you're spiritually alive you know, by His grace, we're all physically alive. But, you know, for some of us, the ones whom God has saved, we also know what it means to have spiritual life. And that's all because of God's grace. It's not because of anything we've done. God, um, you know, to sum that up, God is powerful to deal with any of your problems, including sin and death. So going back to the very beginning, like I was saying, Psalm 121 is a cure for your anxiety, I mean, if you're worried about something like even like sin and death, to like give the strongest examples, even if you're worried about those, you know, it says here in verse seven, you know, God is powerful enough to deal with those problems, and everything else in our lives, you know, uh, is included as well. The whole spectrum. Um, you know, God is able to deal with even our sin and death uh, specifically because of Jesus, because of Jesus Christ because he died for our sins, because he was raised from the dead, and also uh, because the Holy Spirit, if we uh, trust in Christ, we also have the Holy Spirit giving us a new heart, making us into a new creation, giving us new life. And then finally in verse eight, uh, the psalmist teaches us that Yahweh, this God, the God of Israel, but he's also our God as well, if we trust in him, uh, teaches us that Yahweh will protect us as we go out, And as we come in, he's everywhere. Uh, Just like verse, I mean, just like the previous verses, the sun, the moon, uh, evil, and also life. Those are all uh, comprehensive. If you have both of those, like, you know, all those pairs, they're comprehensive. Um, You're going out and you're coming in. Again, it doesn't matter where you are. If you trust in God, if you're in him, you're safe. He'll be your protector. And then the psalmist concludes with the words, from this time forth and forevermore. Uh, Not only does God promise to protect you wherever you are, God also will protect you whenever as well. Um, Not just right now at this moment, but forever. And there's nothing, uh, forever never ends, by the way. So uh, that's a pretty good promise. Yeah, God promises to be with the one who trusts in Him. And we trust in God, first and foremost, by trusting in His Son. So, you know, we heard those eight verses. We heard that, you know, God is our helper, and we heard that God is our protector. So let me ask you, so like, what's your verdict? You know, will you be anxious and worry about life? Because that was kind of the point. um, I don't know if I did a good job of uh, bringing that out, you know, that, you know, we all have anxiety in our lives. And if you thought about it, and as you go through life, you'll have more anxiety, don't worry about it. Uh, But, you know, what's your verdict? Will you be anxious and worry about life? Maybe you don't worry much, I don't know, you know. Uh, when you get anxious, though, even if it doesn't happen much, you know, where do you turn? Whom do you trust? Well, I hope if you've gotten anything from this message, you've been reminded that God is your helper and that He is your protector if you trust in Him. First, you need to trust in Christ to become right with God, to be forgiven for your sin against Him. And we're all sinners, and I, I know I'm a sinner. As well. Um, But once you do, once you trust in Christ, you know you can trust in Him. But there's um, an opposite thing, too. I don't want to leave it out, you know, but if you haven't believed in Christ, you know, because there are some of you who haven't, I mean, you can be honest with yourself, uh, at least, if not with other people, but if you haven't believed in Christ, that He died for your sins on the cross. And, you know, then you've decided to follow him. If that's not the case for you, uh, be warned. This uh, scripture doesn't directly warn us, but I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't provide this warning. Um, It actually, Pastor Jay, uh, reminded me that I should. But, you know, if you haven't trusted in Christ, you should be warned. You should worry a little bit, actually, because the promise here is for believers, Um, That's why I said such a long, big idea earlier is because I didn't want to give you false hope that God will protect you if you don't trust in him. It's only for those who do trust in him. Um, So God is not the helper and protector of those who don't trust in his son. Um, So where and to whom will you be able to turn this life if you don't trust in him? This life is dangerous if you don't know God and his son, Jesus Christ, you know, because you don't know what tomorrow will hold you don 't even know what later today will hold you know you don 't have control you don 't have full control of that you know wouldn 't let me ask you this question uh, actually it 's kind of rhetorical, but you know wouldn 't you rather be safe by trusting in God and in his son i mean it 's a good deal um, but I also have an encouragement a final encouragement for those of you who are what I call true pilgrims for those of you who are truly um, just as the pilgrim in Psalm 121 was really walking to Jerusalem. I mean, for us, we're not pilgrims. We're not, like, physically walking anywhere. We're not walking to Jerusalem. There's no other place for, like, Christians to walk, unfortunately. Um, we have better than that. Um, you know, for those of you who truly are in a right relationship with God, you know, you're trusting in Christ. And because of that, you're trusting in God as your helper and protector. For those of you, for true pilgrims, I um, have some encouragement for you. Um, you can always go to your Father in heaven in prayer. You can always go to His Word to see wonderful things in His law. You get to be with the church on you know, Sundays and Wednesdays. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the place, by the way. The church is made up of God's people for those who believe in Christ and who bear fruit, as Pastor Jay was talking about before and who trust in God to help us and to protect us as we take our journey in this life toward our destination, which isn't Jerusalem, but our destination is eternity with God forever. You know, that's our hope for the pilgrim. And I pray that, um, yeah, pray that all of you would trust in God as well. Let me pray for us. Uh, Dear Father, just thank you for this opportunity be in your word. Thank you for the teaching from Psalm 121 that reminds us, that you're the helper and protector of the pilgrim, of the one who trusts in you, Lord. Thank you for your promises. I pray that you be with us as we go on today and this week. May you be honored in all we do, Lord. We pray in Christ's name, amen.